We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in to the LakersNation.com podcast. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane, at Trevor Lane NBA, over on Instagram and Facebook. Yes, the chat is, is mentioning. I, I am back. I am back from vacation officially on the live show here. Been back for about a day or so. Had some videos out yesterday, but appreciate the welcome back. We've got a lot to get into. Some news that broke just before we went live here about the Knicks and the Jazz, and that might have a major impact on the Los Angeles Lakers and their trade fortunes over the next few weeks as we get closer and closer to training camp. Of course, keep an eye on Russell Westbrook and what's going to happen with that situation. We'll talk all about that, what's going on, and what it means for your Los Angeles Lakers. Before we do, a quick, quick reminder, if you're not doing so already, Make sure you do subscribe to the Lakers Nation podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. If you're a regular podcast listener, you're not joining me live right now via YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter. Make sure that you do give us that five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts as well. We sure do appreciate it. All right, so this is what we've got going on right now. The Knicks and the Jazz, apparently, the Knicks tried to create a sense of urgency with the Utah Jazz by imposing a, I don't know what other word to use here, but fake deadline in order to get a deal done involving R.J. Barrett. According to Adrian Wojnarowski's reporting, the Knicks told the Jazz that if they didn't come to terms on an agreement on a Donovan Mitchell trade by tonight, this is Monday night, then they were going to go ahead and sign R.J. Barrett to an extension, which the Knicks then did. Seems like the Jazz probably called the Knicks bluff. Now, the Knicks did. There is no real reason why the Knicks had to do this extension tonight, why it had to happen now. Apparently, the Knicks, though, just wanted to get this thing done and said, look, we want to get this trade done. If it's not done by Monday night, we're going to sign R.J. Barrett to an extension. What this means is that R.J. Barrett effectively, like there's, there's ways to get around it, but they're very difficult. Effectively, he can't be in the trade anymore. Okay? Because of something called the poison pill provision, what has what happens now is the Jazz have to count R.J. Barrett. He gets this four-year, I believe it's $120 million deal. So now he's only making like $10.9 million this season. Now, for the Jazz perspective, with this new deal, the Jazz have to count 
the incoming salary in terms of salary matching in a trade of R.J. Barrett as that entire contract combined averaged out by year. So you add up all the money for the entire contract, divide it by the number of years. That's the number that R.J. Barrett is now worth. I want to say it's about $26 million that the Jazz now have to count him as in terms of incoming salary. On the other side, though, the Knicks only count him as what he's making this year, which, again, I believe is about $10.9 million. In terms of salary matching, that makes it really difficult. And you could still get a deal done. Remember, got to be within that 125% or so, depending on where a team is in terms of the salary cap. But you could still get something done, but you would have to add a lot of salaries to kind of dilute that discrepancy more and make something work. Essentially, it means that in order for the Knicks and Jazz to do a deal, R.J. Barrett's probably not going to be part of it. And that probably does set things back because so far, according to Woj, all their discussions have centered around R.J. Barrett being in the deal. So they kind of have to restart that whole process. All right, long-winded explanation there of what's going on. The Knicks told the Jazz, deadline, get it done, or else we're doing this, or else we're signing this extension. They've got all the way until the end of October to sign this extension. There was no, there. that's why I called it a fake deadline here. The Knicks didn't have to do this right now. They had until the end of October to sign the extension if they wanted to, but they wanted to get this thing done. So they put this deadline out there the Jazz, the Knicks, they couldn't come to an agreement. The Knicks said, fine, we're not bluffing here. We're actually going to do it. And they sign R.J. Barrett to this extension. So what does that mean for the Lakers? Well, now it means the Knicks and the Jazz, while it's still not impossible for them to come to terms on Donovan Mitchell deal, they certainly still can. I think it makes it less likely that they come to terms on a deal, which then puts the Lakers in an interesting position because we've been hearing that the Lakers were probably going to be a third team in that trade and that Russell Westbrook would have been going to the Utah jazz. Some pieces would have been coming to the Lakers. I speculated maybe Cam Reddish who the Lakers tried to get at the trade deadline. Some other names have been thrown around by Bogdanovich. We've heard Evan Fournier. We've heard Mike Conley. We've heard all kinds of different, you can mix and match all kinds of different players coming from either the Knicks or the jazz in order to get a deal done. But does that then leave the Pacers as sort of the last team standing sort of, and then what does that mean for the Lakers? with their trade future here. Joining me now, Sean Spaces Davis. Sean, how are you doing? Doing good, Trevor. Uh, happy to see you back on and already back in the swing of things. And I hope we uh, made you proud while you were gone. Absolutely. It was it was great. Thank you guys so much for uh, for running the steering the ship while I was while I was out. Got a much needed vacation in. Uh, it was it was a blast. It was a lot of fun. Although I will say I was very fortunate. We're going to get back to this Utah stuff in, in just a second. But I was very fortunate because when the Patrick Beverly trade broke, it ha- I was in Tahiti. It happened to be a storm came through Tahiti right then. Right then. Tropical Storm Patrick. Pat- Tropical Storm Pat Bev right, came through Tahiti. And the great thing for me is it meant I was stuck inside anyway. So I didn't have to make that difficult decision of like staring at my phone while I'm on the beach or anything. I told my wife, I said, hey, sorry, you know, we're, we're stuck inside anyway. Might as well pay attention to what's what's going on here. So I lucked out in that regard. But you guys did a great job covering that trade. And now, oh, boy, we've got this snag with the Knicks and the Jazz. This I, This isn't the end of the Lakers trade talks. This doesn't destroy their trade negotiating leverage or anything like that. But it's not a good thing either. If you're the Lakers, you want every opportunity available. You want all these doors open for potential trades. 
And it feels like this one closed just a little bit with this Jazz and Knicks situation. Sean, what's what's your take on what's going on? Um, I don't feel too rattled personally, and that, I guess that's because although there's been traction about the Lakers potentially being a third team, um, this one, like pretty much the only the only team that was not dependent on something that's happening was the Indiana Pacers. So I feel like my reaction would be totally different. If this was Woj saying. Lakers are the Pacers and Lakers cut ties. They're not going to get a deal done. The the Jazz or like any deal where you're getting Cam Reddish likely or a deal with the Utah Jazz was always dependent on, in my opinion anyway, a Donovan Mitchell trade happening. Whether it's you're helping facilitate a Donovan Mitchell trade or they send Donovan Mitchell out uh, solo to New York in a two-team trade. So um, that's why I'm not really too disturbed or don't have much of a reaction right now. I know a lot of Lakers Twitter's, uh, uh, in shambles. I'm not sure that might be a little bit overstatement there, but, um, yeah, I mean, th- this was always going to come down to is, uh, Donovan Mitchell getting traded to the Knicks. Um, if not, then the jazz weren't really on the table in my opinion. So, and yeah. Donovan Mitchell never really requested a trade either. This was the, the Knicks being aggressive and going to get their face to the franchise, uh, Jazz never had to trade him, and he never asked for a trade, and uh, now it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. I, I still think the Jazz can put themselves in a position, and the Knicks know this, where if they bring in Donovan Mitchell next season, they keep him, they might accidentally win too many games. Right? Yeah. They're, they're, they're tanking. They want Victor Wembanyama. They, but with Donovan Mitchell on the team, you're going to win too much You'll be a to really be team. in that race. And, and the Knicks know that. And the Knicks also know that they have – the best combination of players and picks and everything else that any other team, whether it's Miami or whoever can offer. And so the Knicks didn't want to bid against themselves. Um, But the two sides were not able to come to terms. And this, this to me is it's almost a little bit ironic because it was the Knicks who couldn't figure out life at the trade deadline and ruined the Lakers trade for Cam Reddish. Because the Knicks, in their negotiations with the Raptors, they couldn't come to any terms on an agreement. Three-team trade would have sent THT to the Raptors. Cam Reddish would have been coming to the Lakers. The whole thing fell apart because the Knicks and the Raptors couldn't figure out life. Now we've got, it feels like it's kind of happening all over again. I don't know what pieces would have been coming back to the Lakers, but it's now less likely that Donovan Mitchell becomes a Nick. Again, still not impossible. It can still happen. But R.J. Barrett is essentially no longer on the table in order to get a deal done, and it's in part because, you know, the Knicks, they created this deadline. The Jazz didn't move enough. The Knicks didn't move enough towards each other in order to get a deal done. And the Knicks said, well, we're not bluffing. We're not going to bluff here. We're going to actually go ahead and do this. And they signed that extension. So we'll see what happens here between those two sides. But what concerns me from the Lakers' perspective is now Indiana. Indiana's got to be sitting back and, and just thinking, yeah, Two firsts, we need we need them both. Definitely, and we're your only option now, right? If the Knicks and the and the if the Jazz aren't trading Donovan Mitchell, like you said, Sean, they're not taking Russell Westbrook. If they're right. not trading Donovan Mitchell, right? They would they need to tear this whole thing down. I, mean, I guess they could, but I don't see this very likely. So if you're Indiana, you're sitting back saying, "Yeah, look, Kyrie, that's off the table." Now a deal with the with the Jazz that doesn't seem as likely. We're the only game in town, unless you want to go talk to the Spurs about Josh Richardson and Dougie McBuckets, Doug McDermott. Yeah. I don't, I don't see that. So, I, I, if anything, this probably enhances the Pacers' leverage a little bit 
That's scary. Yeah. It, it, it's just super unfortunate. Going back to the Knicks part here, I don't know if this is a kudos to Leon Rose and that organization for standing their ground because I definitely was like, man, the Knicks have just been starving to death, literally, mm-hmm. for a franchise cornerstone, uh, which is why they overpaid for Jalen Brunson, in my opinion, anyway, because um, they've been desperate for one. They haven't been able to go get the big-name free agent in free agency like when you think of free agency destinations for all the big time superstars the first two names are thrown in there off rip it doesn't matter if you're Nikola Jokic or at the bottom of the barrel in terms of superstars you're the first two teams that get brought up are the Lakers and the Knicks and recently probably for the past decade or so plus like they've just completely ignored New York and recent and more recently with Kyrie Kevin Durant they're going to Brooklyn instead of New York so um I guess kudos for them for not just giving away the kitchen sink to go get Dalvin Mitchell. But at the same time, I think I honestly think they should have done it and just given up, forked over the picks or whatever it was that um, caused the deal not to get done because RJ Barrett, he's cool, but he's not a franchise cornerstone in my opinion. Anyway, I think this team is really lacking that. I mean, Danny age. I, I do wonder how much he was one. Apparently the part of the, the problem was, how many unprotected first round picks would be in the deal. So you'd have to assume yeah. the Knicks were trying to put protections on these and everything. And the Knicks have got to be looking at this saying, look, we're, we're not Minnesota. We're not, we're not Minnesota. <laughs> we're not, we're not going to give you what the wolves gave to get Gobert. The wolves messed up. That doesn't mean look, it could still work for the wolves. Right. But the wolves overpaid. I think that's pretty fair to say the wolves overpaid. The Knicks can say, we're not going to do that. We're not going to overpay, and we're not going to bid against ourselves. Because what are you going to do? You're going to go to Miami. You're going to go talk to Miami about some about what they can offer. Tyler Heroes. Yeah, we. That's that's where you can see the Knicks side of this argument. But if you're Danny Ainge, you're saying, "Look what we just got for Gobert," and then you wind up at an impasse, and and here we are. And now it's it could impact the Lakers and their trade fortunes here. Yeah. Uh, Alex Amberling says, "Do you think Russ will be on the team that started training camp?" I'm starting to fear that is the case. Sean, what do you think? Does this, how much does this impact Russ being on the team or not by training camp? It doesn't really move the me. I promise you guys, this move does not affect me whatsoever. Um, I'm pulling a mat with the whole Kyrie thing. Matt was just so like mellow and like not just calm when that whole thing was going on. It gets us me now. Um, No, I I still think Russ is off the team. I, I think now, Rob potentially just pulls the trigger on the two first round picks. I think he sees the opportunity in his face to, you know, put put together a, a roster that you know, has a really good chance to be a really, really good basketball team. I'm not going to go any further than that right now, but um, he, if you go do that Pacers deal, you have a really nice chance of doing something uh, really, really cool. Um, so I, I think you trade Russ. And then even if Russell Westbrook is back on the roster, I don't think it's the end of the world. I still think you give Darvin Ham a shot as long as he's still as adamant as he has been in the public that he could get to work and to carve out a role for Russell Westbrook. And then if it doesn't work, send him home. Like I, I, I honestly, personally, I'm content with my options now is either trade for Buddy and Turner, let Darvin have a crack at it. You have him for four years. You're not firing him after this year or anything crazy like that. Or just send him home. I'm content personally with those three options. I don't think they send him home. 
I, I just I can't see it. I think you give Darwin him a chance before you send him home. And I think you're you're saying the same sure. thing there, Sean. Yeah. You 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 give him a chance before you send him home. But I do think I won't say it's like that's it, it's done. Russ is gonna be on the team to start the training camp. But I think the Kyrie thing pushed us a little further in that direction. And I think this happening now between the Jazz and the Knicks also pushes us a little bit further in that direction. And again, that doesn't mean that a deal can't be reached with, say, the Pacers or Spurs or something. Maybe something does work out with with the Jazz in a separate deal. But um, it just feels like we're getting closer and closer to that point where right now, you know, one door shut with the Nets, this door shut a little bit now with the Jazz and the Knicks. These aren't positive developments for the Lakers and their chances of, number one, finding a trade, number two, finding a good trade. Uh, you mentioned giving up both those first. Let me ask you, if you get Buddy Heald and Miles Turner, are the Lakers a contender? I'm not answering that question, Trevor. I'm I mean, scarred. On, on paper, are they? I'm not saying they are the favorite. Are they in the mix if you get those two players? Oh, damn it, Trevor. Yes. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're, they're, they're okay. in the mix. So, if you, um, so in your, by that definition, then you do it. Then you say, here you go, both first. And you do it because the Lakers, according to all the reports, have been that they don't want to give up both first unless the deal makes them a contender. That's why they were willing to do it for Kyrie, but they didn't see Buddy Heald and Miles Turner that way. I don't know if everybody views Buddy Heald and Miles Turner in that same way, though. I think if you had done it by itself and not grab Patrick Beverly, then I would agree it does not make you a title contender. It's adding it in with Patrick Beverly. Excellent. You're probably a contender. Because also, I, I threw this out to, to Matt, I think, when uh, the trade happened. Imagine, this is just a random starting five that I came up with. Pat Bev, Austin Reeves, LeBron, AD, Miles Turner. Who do you attack in that lineup? If, yeah. Is Austin Reeves your, wor- your worst defender? Yeah. In you're, you're, probably, you're probably attacking Austin Reeves there, unless you run some switch in order to get Turner involved in a pick and roll. I'm Good fine point. with that. Have, yep. Good luck attacking Austin Reeves. Have fun. Bless uh, the dude's Jokic. <laughs> yeah. A Chris 95 said, is the three-team deal still alive? Do we go to the Pacers or do we do another separate deal uh, with our picks and get Boyan or Beasley or Clarkson? Um, you, I mean, look, the Lakers and Jazz could still negotiate a deal one-to-one, right? They could just, Lakers could say, hey, here's Russ, give us, whatever, Boyong and, and Clarkson and, you know, whatever salaries need to be in there to make the deal work. You could still do something. But the reason why the Jazz have motivation to do something like this is because they're, they'd be gutting their team anyway, right? You'd be clearing Donovan Mitchell anyway. So that's where the motivation would, would come from. And I think they've already, you know, they traded Rudy, they traded Patrick Beverly. They're, they're taking steps in that direction. Everybody knows that's the way they're going. But it's just cleaner to do it all at once in a three-team deal. So I don't, I don't think a three-team deal is dead, um, but it's still, I mean, mathematically, it's possible for the Lakers and Jazz to still work out a deal. I just wouldn't say it's likely. Sure. Like one, like one to one. No other teams involved. Yeah. Um, let's see. Rob Ferrelli, three starters around LeBron and AD can go from DeAndre Jordan. Kent Bazemore and Russ to Buddy, Miles Turner, and Pat Bebb. And all it will take is two firsts, five and seven years away, and Russ. Does Rob really need to think about this? That is, oh, man, on I, paper, I, a significantly better starting lineup, isn't it? 
I forgot that was our opening night lineup. Good. That's bad. That's bad. Hey, it's Matt the Optimist Peralta popping in. Matt, how are you doing? I'm good. Welcome back, Trevor. Thank uh, you. Glad to make got to see you made it back into Tahiti. Well, Sean, I'm not sure if you know this, but you're on the clock for a pick right now. So I would uh, go ahead and do that. <laughs> <laughs> we did our, our staff fantasy football league draft, and, and Sean became infamous for holding up the, the draft on uh, not making picks, but it wasn't um, just me. Let's calm it down. It wasn't just you. That's that's fair. Yeah, there were three main culprits who shall not be named, but Sean was indeed one of them. So I guess I named one. <laughs> uh, Matt, question here from Rob. Yes. Lakers going from LeBron AD and then DJ, Bays, and Russ to potentially Buddy, Miles Turner, Patrick Beverly. If you just said, forget that the Patrick Beverly deal is already done, would you assume that getting that starting five is worth two first round picks? I'd say so. I mean, I, I think um, I, you know, at, honestly, at this point, I don't think I don't even think on Rob's end, it's it's isn't a matter of two first round picks. It's a how much protection can I put on these things, right? Like, I, I feel like if if Rob said, "All right, two unprotected first, this deal would have been done already." Oh yeah, yeah. I would I would have to. I mean, yeah. If that's not the case, if Rob said two unprotected first, and the Pacers still said, "Well, I don't know," then you. You just say, okay, well, there's nothing we can do here. Right. I, I mean, that's it. I mean, what what about you guys? What do you think? Like, given the Donovan Mitchell news um, today, do you guys, are you guys more comfortable with the idea of just, just throwing caution to the wind saying, all right, two unprotected first, let's, let's get this roster rolling? I think it's, I think we're looking, it's more likely than ever before now that it's indie or nothing. Sure. I'm not saying that's, for sure where we're at. There's still lots of things that can happen between the Knicks and the Jazz and all of that. But if that's the case, you're essentially either asking, you know, would you rather bring Russ back or give up both first to get Miles Turner and Buddy Heald? If I could put some kind of protection in there, I'm probably doing it. But I'm not sure about the, like, you have to remember there's an opportunity cost here. It's possible midway through the season, something else pops up. Some other star is disgruntled. And next thing you know, here's the Lakers sitting there with $47 million in expiring salary to offer. So there's that too. I think I got to have protections on at least one of those picks to do it if I'm the Lakers. Sean, what about you? I'm more willing to give up on protect. Obviously, like you're you're seeing if you can do it first with, with protections on one of those two picks. But if Indiana says, hey, two unprotected or we are moving on, we're going to the season, I think I'd do it. Um, we were, we were, me and Trevor were talking. I said, you know, I'm not going to say you'd be a contender, but you could do something really, really cool with the starting five and a team in, in total of with Pat Bev, Buddy Hugh, LeBron, AD, Miles Turner, then how deep the bench all of a sudden looks. Um, you could do something pretty cool with that team. And, uh, I think you, you take the shot and, you know, see what, see what happens. I think you do it personally. Like, I, I think the way I look at this is if you do that deal with Indiana and you get those two, this this doesn't have to be a one-year thing with that starting five because conceivably you can bring them all back next offseason also. Mm -hmm. that, that's kind of how I rationalize the trade a little bit in my head is that, you know, because Buddy Heald has a another year on his contract. You're trading for Miles Turner. Um, I doubt you're going to just let him walk in free agency, so you'll probably re-sign him. And then Pat Beverly, uh, Trevor, you might be able to correct me here. I, I believe the Lakers can go up the cap to re-sign him next summer if they want to. Uh, yes, they would have bird rights for him. Right. So, you know, 
assuming like let's say the Lakers get to like you know it's a close second round exit maybe they get to the conference finals with that that team um I could see you know ownership and and Rob thinking you know let's just run it back with this team finally finally say let's just run it back (laughs) yeah I did the right thing (laughs) three years too late (laughs) but but Uh, but again you know just it's an idea yeah no that's that's a good point that you're not like that that was my problem with the jazz deal whether sure. let's say let's say it was William Bogdanovich and Patrick Beverly. Okay, Beverly's 34, and again, obviously that's not the path they went down, but Bogdanovich is, is 33. What's your long-term future if those are the two main players you're getting back in a rust deal? And the same, let's say it's Mike Conley in the deal or whatever. If you tried to make a deal with Utah, do you want to give up those future picks for a couple of guys that are going to be on your roster for at most what two more seasons? Probably not, unless you're getting guys who are really good and you say, okay, now we're up there in the Western Conference. That's part of why I was leaning towards the Indiana deal because you're getting younger players that if you're willing to pay them can be part of your team for the next, those guys could be Lakers for the next five years, which is a lifetime in the NBA. Right. And I, you know, I think if you're, if you're kind of on the fence about whether or not you should trade so much, so many assets for that, you that's, that's my, my that might be a good tiebreaker. Um, Jarrett Nunez said, if Stanley Johnson gets cut from Utah, can we sign him? No. Um, that used to be a thing that teams would do back in the day. They would trade a player just to throw him in as salary purpose for salary purposes. Player would get cut and then just turn right around and re-sign. The NBA said, "Hey, knock it off." They put in the rule that now the player couldn't re-sign for a month. The teams kept doing it anyway. Said, "Cool, we'll trade you. Take a month vacation, rest up, and then come on back." Um, NBA said, "No, still, we, this is not what we want. We don't want you trading players with this agreement in place that they're going to be cut." and then rejoined the original team. So now they made it a year. The Lakers wouldn't be able to sign Stanley Johnson for a full year, with the exception that if the Jazz traded him somewhere, so let's say if Jazz traded him to the Orlando Magic, and the Orlando Magic cut him, then the Lakers could pick him up. But if the team you traded him to cuts him, the Lakers can't pick him up for a year. So, Sorry. Uh, Andrew Muth, what do you think of a trade for Tim Hardaway Jr., Davis Bertans, and Reggie Bullock? Do give it. up Westbrook and both first in the deal. I'm probably I, pulling that. I I can't see any world in which the the Mavericks, Mavericks do that though. Yeah. Can you think you of a worse about? fit next to Luca? No, 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 no. Russ and Luca, you got two future Hall of Famers. I thought Sean was this. so serious for a second. <laughs> That's, that got me. It's the same, right? It's it's. And look, Sean's sales pitch to Mark Cuban aside, you are trying to surround Luca with as much shooting as you possibly can. Get that man as much space as possible. Russell Westbrook is not the guy you want on, on that team. So while Davis Bertans, his his contract isn't great, that there's no chance that the, the Mavs would touch that. Mark, I know you're watching. Don't listen to Trevor. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Listen. <laughs> Get the deal done. Uh, thank you for the super chat on sneakers. Uh, appreciate that. Let's see what else we've got going on here. Uh, Eddie Chase said, if the Lakers trade for Turner and Heald in exchange for Russ, can they get a realistically, oh, get a max style player in the offseason? Nope. That cap space would be used up. They'll have, what, 30, 31 million right in there as of right now. If everything stays as is next mm-hmm. summer, they'll have about 30-ish million in cap space. But if you trade for a Buddy Heald who's going to make about 20-ish million, a little bit more. 
Yeah, he's That's got a range in there with some incentives and stuff. But if you were to trade for him, that's going to cut down your cap space that you've got available. If you trade for Miles Turner and then you give him a new deal, then that eats up your cap space too. So uh, if you do that trade, no, you're not going to be a player on the, the cap space market or the, the free agent market aside from your mid-level exception. Uh, Buddy Heald makes 18.5 next year. 18.5, okay. Yep. So there you go. Uh, two firsts, one second for RJ, Evan, and Cam. Well, RJ, we went over the uh, RJ Barry can't really be traded and effectively can't be traded uh, because of the poison pill provision now. Oh, no. Trevor, take another vacation, bro. When you leave, Lakers trades happen. We knew it was going to happen. I had so many people messaging me, telling me, we miss you, but don't come back because we want Lakers trades to go down. Oh, that's funny because me and Sean were saying the opposite. We couldn't wait for you to get back. <laughs> it's because we spent so much time saying that as soon as I leave, that's when the trades were going to happen. And we weren't yeah. wrong. It just wasn't the trade we expected. Man, that was that was like DEFCON 5 for us because I was still out. I think I told the story on the stream. I don't know if you caught it, but I was actually out celebrating grabbing drinks. And then that trade broke and I like rushed home to do the show. Well done. Well done. I took took one for the team. I did not know. There you that. go, Matt. Yeah, and, and it was there were some very good marks, Trevor. I know you would appreciate that. Oh, nice. I like yeah. it. I like it. So I I downloaded so that that reaction show. I downloaded. I was like, I think I was at the airport and I tr I got I listened to like the first 15 minutes of it and the download stopped because the airport Wi-Fi was so bad. And the other thing was because I was in French Polynesia, the ads that came in were also in French, which was a new experience. So I got mm. to listen to a little bit of a foreign language. And I listened to about the first 15 minutes of that, that show. And that was as much as I got downloaded, unfortunately. Brutal. Yeah. Uh, Oscar C, can Indy ask for more than two first round picks now? I mean, they can. The Lakers don't have it. Mm. right i mean sure swaps yeah they could ask for swaps they could ask for second rounders things like that but i mean i guess you could say hey we want two firsts and max christie we want two firsts and austin reeves there's other stuff they could add in but at that but the lakers would if the lakers are like unsure whether or not they would give up two first period or or so far they're saying they won't i can't see any scenario where they would suddenly say oh okay well you know, like if they if they call up if the Pacers call up and they give uh, if they give Rob the Sonny Weaver Jr. speech and they say we're living in a different world than we were just yesterday That's now funny. it's now it's three consecutive first round picks like the Lakers are just going to say well no then we're going to take we're going to we're just going to bring Russ into camp and we'll see what happens during the season and we'll find a trade before the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, ben, notice Russell Westbrook and old gear for the hype video leverage plate now. Did you guys see that? Didn't that get debunked? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's not a thing. People were people for anybody who didn't know, like the Lakers put out this. Uh, there was some video footage or pictures of players in the weight room working out, kind of getting ready for the season, all that. There was a picture of Russ and somebody noticed that Russ was in a, in a last year's Lakers shirt instead of a this year's. And so there was a speculation that, you know, the Lakers just threw in an old picture of Russ when in reality, Russ isn't there. Uh, and they were pointing that as evidence that this was going to. That Russ was going to be on the way out, but that's not a thing. Peak off season. Peak off season. Yep. Peak off season. We're we're back to tracking planes and all that kind of stuff. Well, now we're tracking training attire. <laughs> tracking tracking training attire. I like it. Sean Edwards, L.A. gets healed. Turner Ubre. Ubre. Indy gets Russ Gabriel and two firsts. Charlotte gets none and three seconds. Ubre? Okay. Sign Schroeder and Mello. We need a legit wing plus healed and Turner. So, th- I mean, this is the Pacers deal. And then if you can include a bunch of seconds and Kendrick Nunn in a deal for Kelly Ubre, which I don't think the math works out on that, but. I would. I mean, I would assume that's probably a move the Lakers would be at least somewhat interested in, just to add another wing. Why is Indy giving it for a second? Yeah. Are they? Oh, they yeah. are in this. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can't see that. If you sent Winnie into Charlotte, that would make the money work, right? For uh, an Uber deal. Uber, I think makes twelve. I think this year. I forget. Yeah, they'll get you closer, but it's it's still not quite there. I mean, in, in any event, yes, I do think they need another legit wing, and that was my issue with the Patrick Beverly trade, was losing Stanley Johnson, because I felt like they needed his wing defense. But if the reports are correct, that it wasn't just THT on the outside looking in in terms of the rotation, which is something that we had all talked about and pretty much come to the conclusion that finding minutes for THT was going to be tough, if Stanley Johnson was in the same situation... I think the deal still makes plenty of sense if the Lakers were looking at it as two guys who probably aren't part of our rotation for a guy who is a starter or a major minutes guy off the bench in Patrick Beverly. That that trade makes sense there, even though you had to give up that wing player in Stanley Johnson. Fingers crossed, Troy Brown Jr., JTA, Juan Toscano Anderson, hopefully they can kind of hold down the fort there on the wing. Agree. Uh, see why not. It makes me feel a way that the Lakers and Clippers gave up everything in 2019, but yet one team makes things happen. The other is still searching for answers for roster construction. 
if we're the team that's searching for answers for for roster construction, um, only one of those teams in this analogy won a title since 2019. So, I mean, I guess I'll, I'm curious what things the Clippers have made happen. I think the, the Clippers seem to have, I'll say this, right? Like the Lakers won a championship. So in that, in that sense, whatever the Clippers have done, you could say, look, the, the Clippers win it all in. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard gave up all of the future stuff in order to get these guys in and we're going to win a championship. They haven't done that. So it's a failure. The Lakers did win a championship. Now, however, the Lakers also had a miserable season last year. The Clippers dealt with just as many injuries as the Lakers did and somehow were much more enjoyable to watch. And I think they've had, being fair, it's not what I want to say, but I think they've had a more cohesive vision of how they want to assemble their roster. You look at the number of wings they've got on their team right now. It's it's incredible. In a league where every team is after three and D wings who can be super switchy on the defensive end of the floor, the Clippers have a ton of them. And they've made moves. They've done some really good things. But the Lakers are the team that's won a championship. The Clippers haven't. So I can't, I can't just sing the Clippers' praises here, even if I will say I think the Clippers' process has indeed been better than, than the Lakers. But the results do matter. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard to argue with any moves that the Clippers have made since Kawhi and Paul George got there, right? I don't – like as much as it pains me to say it, they haven't made very bad moves. Yeah. Like the, the process is very sound. The result hasn't gotten there yet, but, you know, title trumps everything. But I think it'd be disingenuous to say that they haven't done anything because I, I think they've set themselves up pretty well. So does it bother you that the Clippers have done things pretty well process-wise and the Lakers are still trying to figure out how to put together or how to essentially undo the damage that they caused themselves. That's that's really what we're talking about now is trying to put together a roster. If you add Buddy Heald and Miles Turner, you're trying to put together a roster that's more similar to the team that they had, that mm-hmm. won, that they disassembled for no other reason than, than because they, they chose to, not because outside forces were making them. So you've got a Lakers team that is trying to fix the problems that they themselves created. That's... That's not a good look for a, for a franchise. Yeah, I mean, it it doesn't bug me that the Clippers do things so well. It bugs me more that the Lakers do things, you know, relatively poorly right. in comparison. That that's really what it is. You know, like a lot of teams do things the right way. Um and I wish the Lakers could emulate that a little bit better, but you know, results kind of speak for themselves in the NBA. So if the Lakers, you know, fall backwards into another title within the next couple of years, I'm not going to complain. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Championships matter. Uh, Vinny said, think we can get Beasley from the Jazz. He'd be a great fit for us. I feel like he's more of like a trade deadline acquisition if you still have Russ by then. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think that he could be a guy that's... In, but the Jazz have, what, like four or five guys mm-hmm. that could be mixed and matched, right? Jordan Clarkson, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, William Bogdanovich, Jordan Conley. Clarkson. What was the other one? Did you say Conley already? Conley. Conley. Yeah, so you've got all these guys that it could be in a deal. Um, Beasley is certainly in there. I don't know. Like, where would you put, where would you rank Beasley in terms of the desired assets out of those guys that I named? Is Bogdanovich number one, the top of the list? Probably. I think think Beasley would be third. Uh, He's two or three for me. Okay. 
Who's who is two for you then, Sean? Clarkson, Jordan Clarkson. Okay. That's funny. He's lower on my list. I would have Vanderbilt. Uh, I would have Vanderbilt also. Okay. okay. I didn't put Vanderbilt. I'm assuming we have, would have no shot at getting Vanderbilt, but if he was available, then yeah, probably. He's probably the least likely player. To yeah. Out of that. Least likely, but that's also the reason why we want him the most. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Jarrett Nunez, uh, Russell Westbrook, uh, two unprotected first round picks for Siakam. No, if that, if that was in any way possible, which I don't I haven't looked at the salary, I'd imagine the Raptors would have to add salary to that. If that was possible, would you do that? <laughs> uh, where do I drop off for us? What time's this flight? <laughs> I, I will get his passport in order. I'll check him in, we'll get make him sure he gets the gate. Check the manifest. Make sure that plane landed in Toronto. Make sure he has his passport. Everything. Yeah. He's right. check the manifest. I, I got to make sure that, that that flight's real and that he got on it. I will personally fund, if he doesn't have already, I will buy global entry for Russ Same. to make the process that much smoother for him to get through the check-in process, get through security, all of that, and get into Canada. Yeah, I would do that in a second. Uh, that's that's the equivalent of a fantasy football. Like, don't even don't even negotiate. That's a accept. Alex F. If Ham lets Pat Bev and Russ cook, is forty seven wins possible? Let me. All right. Oh, we should talk about that. Yeah. Can Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook coexist? Uh, on the court or off the court? Both. <laughs> I think they're the same thing. I, yeah. I mean, I'm. Like, these guys have had problems going way back. Way oh, yeah. back. These guys have had problems. But we've also seen, like, Lance Stevenson was a teammate of LeBron James, and they had problems for a while. We've seen instances where guys didn't get along, became teammates, and suddenly that guy that you hated because you're playing against him, things kind of go away. So how do we feel about <laughs> about this? Can Can Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook be on the same team in the same locker room be playing against each other in practice because you know they'd be practicing against each other and coexist peacefully. Go ahead, Matt. No, Sean, I think you should take this one. <laughs> the problem is it's it's like if it, we were if we were just talking on the floor, we could analyze it and we could say, Patrick Beverly next to Russell Westbrook, here's the pros, here's the cons. Problem is, we don't know exactly what the personal relationship is like between those two guys right now. Who knows? Maybe they met up four weeks ago. Maybe maybe when LeBron wouldn't look Russell Westbrook's way in Summer League, Patrick Beverly came and put his arm around Russ right after he walked into the tunnel. They went off, they they and they grabbed a few drinks together, and they settled their differences. We don't know. We don't know for sure, but based on history, you'd have to imagine that's probably a rocky situation right now. I don't know if I, I'm the Lakers. I don't know if I want to put that on Darvin Ham's plate. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'd I'd rather just avoid that situation entirely. Okay. Like, aside from just trying to get useful players back in a rust deal, like I just I would avoid that landmine. Yeah, I think you do your best to avoid even playing the game of what if, like, or if this works or or not, but um. Am I crazy to think that it could work? But I'm not. I would not put any amount of money on it. I don't feel confident about that at all. But I don't think it's crazy 
to think that it could work on the floor. Why, why, are you, why do you say that? I'm curious because I'm trying to figure out how that could work. Offensively, at least anyway, Pat Bev is act, actually a floor spacer, career 38% shooter, shot less. Well, he did shoot as well last season, but he's going to get some of the best looks of his career, presumably playing next to LeBron, Russ, and Anthony Davis. So that also helps Russ out because now Russ gets a little bit more space to operate offensively. Um, defensively, now in terms of who's guarding your the best perimeter guards, Pat Bev is guarding. If you're facing the Warriors, Pat Bev is guarding a Steph Curry. Or if you're facing the Portland Trailblazers, Pat Bev is guarding a Damian Lillard. So now you can very you can easily or easier rather. Um, it is easier for Darvin Ham to hide Russell Westbrook. Again, I think it has to be perfect, but I'm not putting any chips on it. But I think it could work somehow. But uh, don't feel confident about it at all. Um. Yeah, again, I'm. I think on on court it can work offensively. It work on either end, I guess. But that's a small backcourt between Russ and, and Patrick Beverly if they're on the floor together. And the personalities again. I don't. Darvin Ham's got a tough job. If Russ and Patrick Beverly are not cool, I don't want to put that on a first year head coach to deal with. Pushes me more towards a trade. Uh, ben says, time is now. A big mid-season trade never ends in rings. It's a decent point. If you do a trade in February, that doesn't give a team much time to really gel as a, as a complete team. Well, my question is, is just, you know, the deal that I think everyone is pining for is Miles Turner and Buddy Heald, right? Mm -hmm. Wouldn't that just be the same deal that happens in mid-season also? No, and, and you, yeah. you know, to your point, obviously the the time spent together is very important. I'm just saying that, like, you know, I I can't really see another trade that the Lakers can pull off midseason that that'll be impactful. I mean, basically, what what you would be holding out hope for if you're the Lakers is somebody else that's got a decent sized salary gets angry, demands mm -hmm. a trade, and the Lakers can stand there and say, "Hey, Team X, here's." A player with a long-term deal, the Lakers can say, hey, we can absorb all of that future money. Here's an expiring contract, and we'll give you a couple of firsts. That's what you're hoping for, for somebody else to get angry. Do you have a target in mind or someone that falls in that category? No, but so, these things can be hard to predict. Right. But I don't have anybody off the, off the top of my head that I just think, oh, that would clearly be a guy who you could get with that for that kind of money. I'm not sure who who exactly that would be. I just wanted to ask in case you uh, were going to get aggregated. <laughs> I'm not reporting that the Lakers have an eye on anybody. Okay. Uh, Jeremy95 said, desperation and leverage. Pacers have the leverage. We're desperate. Got to be realistic. Two unprotected firsts or no deal, unfortunately. Could very well Probably be the, the Pacers advantage playing right now. Baba Khan. Hi, Trevor. What do you think about bringing back Svee Mikhailuk nice to the Lakers time. and go after Heald and Turner trade? Svee's my guy. Um, I fell in love with that jumper in Summer League. So clean. It is. He didn't make as many as you would expect last year. Not nearly no. as many, but here, here's my question. Let's say you brought in Svee Mikhailuk. Would you rather give minutes, if you have Darvin Ham looks down the bench and says, I need shooting. 
Would you rather that shooter be Svi Mikhailuk or Cole Swider? Cole Swider. Cole Swider. So there you go. There's no reason to bring in Svi then. I agree. I'm just, you know, I miss Svi. <laughs> I do too. He died for uh, Reggie Bullock. For Reggie Bullock, he did. And then he shot really well, like with, with Detroit that he next did. year. Yeah. And, we were, and we were crying, but yeah. Died you know who I still, you, you know. Yeah, like that was nuts. And you know who I still mourn to this day? Matt Thomas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, that's that's going way back. Deep cuts. Uh, JJ Ramirez. Anyway, we can get Caruso and DeRozan from the Bulls. I might just miss the Bald Eagle, but those two would be nice on this squad without Russ. I can't see the Bulls doing that. I mean, theoretically, you could do one. You could, but the Bulls aren't doing that. It is legal by NBA salary cap and trade standards, but it is not feasible for the Bulls to do that. <laughs> I don't get why the Bulls wouldn't want a Hall of Famer, man. Just you know, give us back Caruso, and we'll take the Rosen off your books too. You know what? That's so true, Sean. All the other twenty nine teams should be should be pining for that guy. Sean is just selling yeah. every other team on uh, the value of Russell Westbrook. Uh, Gabriel, is there? And by the way, look, I've had a lot of I've seen people in the chat say complaining that that people are, are ripping on Russ too much, that he's the scapegoat, all that, all that kind of stuff. Look, I think Russ is better than what we saw last season. He's just, he's just not a fit for this team. That's it. And there's a lot of other things that get mixed in there, but I think Russ can have a fine season. Don't see the fit for the Lakers, and we saw last year why that fit was so problematic. It's not all his fault last year. He's part of the problem. He's not the entire problem. There were lots can of things. Can I just bring up to you that the Lakers are trying to improve the roster via trade and Russ is like literally the only salary they have left to trade things for. So, yeah. I mean, it's not because we hate the guy. It's just, look, if you if you want Miles Turner, but he healed any other player, you need to trade Russ. Like, that's just the reality of the situation. You got left. Gabriel, is there a way to get Bogdanovich in addition to healed and Turner? Even if we had to give up none because we get someone like Dennis Schroeder on the better minimum. I, I believe there is... I think math-wise, it works. Math-wise, you can make that work. Uh, Eric Pincus got into this, though, and added that the Lakers would be taking on like $80 million in luxury taxes to do this. That's right. Add Bogdanovich into the deal. Uh, I've yeah. always said that the Lakers, like, the Lakers shouldn't be, shouldn't ever make moves because of money. Right? Mm -hmm. Now, mm -hmm. within, within reason. Like, if they're, if you're out of the playoff race, and you're $1 million over the luxury tax, and you want to drop below the tax, fine, right? Whatever. Um, but $80 million is a lot. Like Alex Caruso, I don't think that paying the luxury tax on his salary should have been, oh, sorry, we're not going to bring him in. Like, no, you're the Lakers. You've got LeBron. You're, you're trying to win right now. You've got this guy who's really good. Like, you're also going to need this salary and trade. You do it. You do it, and you do it because you can, because you're the Lakers, and that's your advantage over everybody else because you're the seventh most valuable franchise in professional sports. $80 million, though, is a lot, is a lot of money. Even for I the agree. Lakers. That, yeah. that probably would be too much, I think. Yeah. It's a ton of money. <laughs> a lot, a lot. Quadre points set. Although I will say the the Warriors paid eighty million dollars for Kelly Oubre Jr. with luxury tax penalties. Yep. Hey man, luxury tax comes for everyone. Look at the moves the Warriors had to make. They rebounded nicely, but they let some guys go. They did. They did. Yeah. 
draft picks, quadrate point set, said draft picks are so overrated. You've got a top three player all time who's ready to win now. You can always acquire picks in the future. Depending on what you have to deal. The Rams, baby. <laughs> I wish football and, uh, and, and, and basketball uh, draft situations were more comparable. <laughs> yeah. To a degree, that's true, but it feels it's hard to say that too, knowing the success the Lakers had in part because of like Magic Johnson, right? Was a draft pick. Like James Worthy was a draft pick. Like the Lakers aren't the Lakers right now without those two players. So it's it's hard for me to just dismiss the value of draft picks, even though in the common era, that's not or the current era, that's not how the Lakers have traditionally built their their team for a while. Right. I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with the premise of this question. It's just, you know, um, you don't just trade picks willy-nilly. Yeah. YouTube. Okay. That's the name. Said the Knicks and Jazz can still make a Mitchell deal work and we can still get involved. My dream uh, for our two picks is Beasley, Reddish, Boyan. You know what? Can I, can I just... Uh, did you guys think it was weird that... It felt like this was the first time we saw that the Jazz were were really into RJ Barrett. I don't think that had been previously reported very much, did was it? It was kind of actually... there was conflicting reporting. Yeah, like yeah, I, I, I thought the say. whole thing for Utah was they wanted to dump salaries and get a lot of picks back. I thought the whole thing initially was they actually didn't want RJ. Uh, well, I guess yeah, that's like I... what you were saying. I thought it was like Obi and, and Quentin Grimes that they were really after for a while. That that kind of it, it seemed like there was reporting that they weren't that interested in him. Then there was reporting that they had changed their mind on him. So I I think that was just all part of the negotiation. I think so too. I, I just think it's a little weird, man. Like I, I still think that there's a deal that can get done there. It's just that RJ Barrett's out of the question. Let me let me ask yeah. you this: Is RJ Barrett a value on the contract he, extension he just signed? I'm going to say yes with the caveat depending on how the salary cap jumps. Is if you're the Jazz, do you want like do you 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 win more games if you're the Jazz with him on the roster, right? Agree. Yes. So if you're trying to tank and you're trying to lose games and you want to keep your cap sheet clean, getting RJ Barrett knowing that you have to pay him and at least it's debatable whether or not he's a value on this current on this new deal. Sure. I could see why the Jazz would say, "Yeah, we don't want him." But still, at the end of the day, sorry, Dennis Schroeder, um, he is a young, talented player. And so I think the Jazz, the, the Jazz, I don't think, would decline a good deal simply because R.J. Barrett was in it. So I think that's sure. where the back and forth kind of went, where the Jazz, they're not enamored with him, but if, if he's in the deal, okay. There's sure. value there. Uh, sorry, back to the comment, though. I mean... Yeah. Beasley, Reddish, and Boyan would be great. I would be very happy with that. Yeah, that'd be a good trio. Yeah, yeah. be a good trio. Mario Hernandez, if Sharif O'Neal does well with the G League Ignite, could the Lakers sign him to their G League affiliate since both two-way spots are unavailable? They could trade for his rights, like right? Yeah, you can still do that. You can yeah. still bring him in. You couldn't give him a two-way spot. Right, unless you bring one of the other guys up to the main team. Mm -hmm. yep. So it's possible. I, I wouldn't predict that, though, or anything. Like, I don't think Sharif is going to be some breakout star. 
He was yeah. better than I expected, but that's about the extent of it. Uh, let's see. Should the Lakers bring Mello back? He was pretty good. I'm assuming that was going to say good shooting for us. No. It's just so counter to what the how they built this roster out. Yep. I, I mean, look, if he's like the last guy midseason, sure. Yeah. But right now, to fill your one of your last two roster spots, my answer is probably no. That's you know what? That's the other thing. The Lakers freed up a roster spot in the Patrick Beverly trade. By the way, this next comment from Avi B is all about the Pat Bev trade. Um, but they have an open roster spot now that they mm -hmm. have to fill, right? They, yep. they might choose to not fill their 15th roster spot. Even if the Lakers do nothing, no trade is executed. So another move has to come. And it could be as simple as, hey, Cole Swider or Scotty Pippen Jr., we're moving you up to a full contract or whatever. Right. But they have to fill this 14th roster spot before opening day. Yeah, doesn't it make you think that the Lakers could pull off a three-for-two trade? It does. <laughs> it does indeed. Yep. Avi B says, with each passing day, I love the Patrick Beverly trade. Past five years, he's third in defensive field goal percentage to Giannis and Ben Simmons. 110% effort every night. Call me crazy. He can be our Rodman. Rodman, remember, do you guys remember Rodman as a Laker? Yeah, very, very briefly. And you know what's super funny? I saw someone wearing a Dennis Rodman jersey like maybe four weeks ago. A Lakers Rodman jersey? Yeah, number 91, oh. I think it was. Or is it 51? I don't remember. And that's but. the kind of thing you see at Summer League. Yeah, it was nuts. I, I, I stopped him and said, "Hey, sick jersey." Yeah, that's awesome. But in any event, could could Patrick Beverly have a bigger impact? Do you think than we're giving him credit for? Uh, what do you think, Sean, from an X's and O standpoint? Because I think he has like all the intangible stuff that the Lakers could use for sure. Uh, yeah, for sure. I think Darvin Ham could get. Really, really creative and really, really aggressive defensively. Um, that's the one thing that I'm more curious about, like how he'll play with his pick and roll coverages now. They guard handoffs um, and how they guard the post. And they can get really, really creative with Patrick Beverly, LeBron, AD. And with the other two spots, the starting five being unknowns. Um, that's why I'm more of a proponent of if you get Buddy Hilda Miles Turner, you start Austin Reeves still because – it seems like the team wants to go on more of a let's we're switchy, we're athletic, we're try, trying to recreate the mold of not only the title team, but if you look at champions in recent memory, the Warriors, I mean, at its core, it's a switchy team that can guard you pretty much however they want to. Uh the Bucks team had all the had all the length that could switch one through five. Um and yeah, they could get really creative. They could be aggressive guarding ball screen, so we don't have to see freaking drop coverage every play. Um, regarding ball screen, <laughs> mm -hmm. so um, yeah, I'm I'm excited for Pat Bev defensively. I talked about him offensively as well. He could be there. I'm not saying he's his player, but he could be there, Drew Holiday, offensively, where he's a secondary playmaker and a floor spacer, a really good screener, um, and just a guy that they move around all around the floor offensively. I think he could be a be a good fit. I think you know as much as we talk about. You need guys who can play defense and shoot threes around LeBron and AD. That's what Patrick Beverly is. He's not a sniper or anything like that, but he's good enough to where you have to care that he's out there. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I could I, make an impact. 
I've, I'm just really looking forward to the competitive edge and Tony's going to set for the Lakers on a nightly basis. Um, I also think, you know, from an accountability standpoint, right, that's been one of the big words Darvin Ham's used a lot this offseason. And I think there, there are not a lot of role guys that will, will tell LeBron and AD when they mess up. I, I think Patrick Beverly is one of them. Now, to be fair, we did say the same things about Russell Westbrook, about the, yeah. the energy, the, all that that he was going to bring on a night-in, night-out basis, the intensity and everything. But I, I think the point still still stands. What happened with Ross and the Lakers last season? I mean, nobody predicted it was going to be that bad. So I'm not going to write off that that argument either. That Patrick Beverly brings the energy and intensity. And all that. Right. Uh, GM Mercado, what do you think about this statement from an unnamed executive? The Lakers would trade AD for Aiton and Cam Johnson. I didn't see this. Did you guys see this? I don't know. But if that's true, uh, someone was at the desert getting a... Getting a little, um, you know, relaxed. Ah. Relaxed. <laughs> I was wondering what word you were going to go with there. Uh, I, it was hard. <laughs> yeah. Took a, took a trip out to Joshua Tree, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, I mean, right? Like, why would you do this trade? This doesn't yeah. help you in any way, like, in the long term or right now. And, and it can't, the Suns can't trade Aiden. Like just, just you know, player for player though. Like, what's Aiden's ceiling in the NBA? Um, All star. I'm trying to think of who the who the comp would be. But he's not. I mean, not AD. That's for sure. Right. I I don't like trading the the best player in a deal for for pieces like this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, BMAT, am I the only one, or am I missing on why the Barrett signing is bad? Without Barrett going to Utah, it opens up space for them to take on Russ. Ainge loves draft picks. It's, from what Woj reported, the talks had included Barrett in them. And so all of the math that comes into a trade was built around R.J. Barrett being in the deal. Now he's wiped out, and you kind of have to start from scratch and re restart everything in terms of making a deal work which means it just makes it that less like that much less likely that the knicks and jazz actually come to a terms on an agreement period that's why it's bad it, it's and you might be of the mindset that the pacers deal is better anyway still you want the utah option to be there for the lakers and this it might not be totally shut down but you want as many doors open as you can you don't want to go to the pacers and have the pacers say well we're the only game in town mm-hmm. we want everything you don't want that well, see, this is kind of why I brought it up earlier, right? Like, I feel like the early permutations of a Mitchell trade didn't have RJ Barrett in them. So I feel like the framework still exists if that got reported. Do you know what I mean? True. Yeah. They could I, still do something. But clearly something happened here. Clearly they, the the Knicks tried to impose a deadline to get something done. The Jazz didn't meet, the, didn't meet them halfway in this or whatever, didn't improve their side of it. And here we are. I, I kind of wonder if the if the Jazz thought the Knicks were bluffing that they wouldn't actually sign him to the extension. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. 
Any age, man. Any another, age. another, another good player that he almost traded for. Almost. almost, almost age strikes again. Almost age. Sean Edwards, three team deal. All teams have to touch. Yeah, there's the touch rule. That's right. Indy gives a second to Charlotte for us. Two first for Heald and Turner alone is robbing ourselves. The math works. Oh, as for why Indy gave this that a previous trade that we were discussing, why Indy gave yeah. the second? Yeah, for the deal. It would have to be like I, I, now that I think about it, it could be like one of those fake seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Top fifty-five protected. Right. <laughs> or convey or like doesn't convey the next year or something like that. Yeah. Eric Malik, talk about trade options if we open up AD for a trade. Theoretically, since we know it's unlikely. Shoot, I might be able to go down that path. No, I think we should. I mean, like, for fun. I think that opens up literally every team, right? Yeah, I mean, you would you would have a lot of teams that were interested. You would have a lot of teams that would try to lowball because AD's been injured the last couple of seasons. Um, I'm going to tell don't... you guys right now, I want a Rudy Gobert Hall. Oh, yeah. For sure. Oh. And, that's, and that might be the sticking point because I think most teams would say, no, we're not giving that much. Hey, man. Blame right. the Timberwolves, man. Like, look, no matter how 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 you feel about Anthony Davis, in my mind, he is better than Rudy Gobert. Like, I don't even think that's debatable. For sure. It's almost the same Kevin Durant argument. Maybe not quite the same high price, but I, I am going to want literally your entire future in picks and a couple young guys to start. Who are the players that you would trade AD for straight up? Straight up? About, yeah, forget about the cap. I mean, I, it's guys that the other teams would not trade him for, for sure. Like Luka, Giannis, uh, those guys. Would you do, like, if, if the Celtics said Jason Tatum for 80? I'm leaning yes. I, the age factor would, would get me that. There, but that yeah, yeah. That's, that is more that I, instead of the give me all the picks, I think that's the direction the Lakers would go. If they decide to move AD, it would be. What's the best player we can get for him? Yeah, it's either Jason Tatum straight up, or I'd want Jalen Brown and, and many picks. Yeah, yeah. And by I, the way, the, the Celtics reportedly were the top offer for Kevin Durant with Jalen Brown, Derek White, and a first. That is so insulting. I was talking to Sean about this on the stream, like when that report came out about the Kevin Durant offers. I was like, these are so insulting. Yeah, and I, mean, I think I responded with like it's almost uh, Devonta Smith fantasy you no know, dynasty uh, trade level insulting. I do. I'm I'm telling you, I wouldn't want many picks for that guy. But anyway, yeah, I'm just saying it was very insulting. The Atlanta offer still makes me giggle when I think about it. It's it's no wonder that the the Nets were like, yeah, we Kevin, like we can't do anything here, man. That uh, like when you sit down with Kevin Durant, and you say this is the best offer we could get for you. There's no trade to be had here. Kevin Durant has to know that that like he's smart. He knows he's worth more than that. <laughs> I think he does. Yeah, he does. Uh, Vector Nova. I hope whenever the next iteration of the Lakers come around, we could have cohesion uh, for roster construction, so we don't constantly turn over the roster and aren't constantly mismanaging assets. Amen. That, that's the dream Agreed. world that we want to live in. That's the dream world. Yep. Uh, Mark, Mark, can the Lakers buy out Russ cheap? Well, it wouldn't be cheap. He's $47 million if not traded. Yeah, but th there's no reason for them to buy him out. He would just become a free agent, go sign him with somebody else for a veteran minimum, so that doesn't offset much money for the Lakers there. You're saving a little bit of money, but that's it. 
as Matt said earlier, that's your that's the only trade chip you've got right now in terms of sending out salary. So buying him out, if it, buying him out hurts the Lakers, it doesn't help them. Yeah, and then some people are going to say, well, they saw their two first. Well, I mean, what are you going to trade those first for if you have, don't have any salary cap to bring salaries in with them? It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Sign and trade for Barrett. Nope, that's not Christian Navarro. Nope, that's not what's going on here. That would already been out there. Is this even true? Mamba Assassin. Brom has never won without a Kansas player. Gets fee. I'm trying to think who was a Kansas player on the 2016 team. Ooh. I'm cheating. Yeah, no, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. Look, at, look it up while we go on to this one. Uh, Isle Farkash, why isn't a sign and trade of Colin Sexton for Mitchell discussed? We can join as a third team and get Boyan and, and Love. No way. No, not yeah, the super I, chat. Not the super chat. What I'm do not. you? All right, okay, you're not responding to this question. So why isn't that discussed? I mean, there's some negatives to a sign and trade that that gets in there. Uh, the Jazz. I don't think the Jazz want a player the caliber of Colin Sexton. That was part of the the holdup with the R.J. Barrett thing. I think they would prefer to really burn it down and go from there. I mean, to be fair, I, I don't think Utah cares about being hard capped, right? True. Yeah, I don't. Is Eric Pink is proud of me? Did I do that right? You did it right. Good job. Let's go. By the way, the answer was uh, Sasha Khan, who only played in 25 games that season. That was his only year in the NBA. Nice. Oh, okay. It's a a technicality, but it still works. Uh, Kisuke said, why do we care about these two first? Don't we still have those picks off pick swaps with the Pelicans? Yeah, it's not like the Lakers have no picks moving forward, but you have no but tradable because of the stepping rule. You don't have many tradable assets. Like if you trade both these picks, like Matt, I think the next available pick to trade would be twenty thirty one. That's right. Yeah, like you gotta if you give up both these first, this is it's gotta be this has gotta be the move. I yeah, I, I I was literally about to say the same thing. You have to be confident that this is the team that can bring you to a title. So I would understand why there'd be some hesitancy on the Lakers side to just give up both. Um, and like you said, and there was that port where previously, right, that uh, LeBron understands that the, this could drag up to the trade deadline. I don't think the Lakers feel any rush now that he's signed on. Yeah. And especially because Darvin Ham has thrown a, uh optimism that he can carve out a role for Russell Westbrook. You already got LeBron signed back. I mean, there's urgency, but you're not just blindly giving away these two picks now. Is that the right approach? Who knows? But I'm going to tell you right now, I understand why fans would want to move right now. Right. And if you're the Lakers, you're just praying that you can find some type of cohesion with Russ, even if it's a little bit of a messy fit. Because if it it blows up, if Russ, Russ and Patrick Beverly are brawling in training camp or something, you're, yeah. you're done. You're done trying to get a good deal. I mean, there's also this the idea that, you know, Russ is easier to trade at the deadline because you've paid basically half the salary up to that mm-hmm. point. So that's also true. Sure. William Scott, it was reported that Utah will get the Lakers two first and the Knicks will send two, un- two protected. Hold up is the players included. I've been having a hard time, guys. And tell me if you're if you're with me on this. I've been having a hard time coming up with a realistic keyword, realistic deal 
between the Lakers, Knicks, and Jazz where I feel good about giving up both first. Yeah. I think I agree. Is like is there a deal? Like I would feel better about giving up both first for Buddy Heald and Miles Turner than I would Boyan and Jordan Clarkson or something. I Boy, agree. What would it be like Boyan, Evan Fournier, and Cam Reddish? Like if they said one pick, sure, I'm I'm game. Right. But two picks, you, you lose me. I don't know. Matt, where do you where do you stand on that? Um, yeah, I think it's kind of the same, same argument you two are making. It's, it just comes down to cost for me. The, the highest, the higher ceiling move is Indiana. Right. Um, but if you told me Indiana, if you told me Utah for whatever, you know, mix and match of players that you want from Utah costs you a first and a couple seconds, I, you know, I, I, I still might lean that way. I, I need to mention this as like a public service announcement here. So Mark Stein in his Substack mentioned Boyan Bogdanovich and Evan Fournier going yep. to the Lakers. That was more, it, I read it that to me, that was more him just speculating, like just throwing out a couple of names. Like these are salaries that could fit, you know, then those are the two guys the Lakers are getting. So I'll tell you, if those are the two guys the Lakers would get in a three team swap, there's zero chance I'm adding both first. Oh, no. Well, and you know, the, the, thing, the thing too I was arguing about, I was talking to Sean about this on our streams together, was that the Lakers are gracing the wheels for that deal. You know what I mean? Like, why do they need to give up more assets to help you get a deal done for a player that another team wants? Right. It, it's a favor, essentially. So that that to me removes the need to include additional draft compensation, if any, really. But people have been running with that as though that's what's really being and who maybe it is, but that wasn't what was it's not like Stein was saying, I've heard the Lakers are talking trade and these would be the two guys coming back. That's not how it was worded. And people are panicking, running around going, oh, my gosh, they're going to trade for both these guys. That's not that's not the way that was written. I think it's being misaggregated. Yeah. And, you know, the thing about that, too, is I don't think it should just be those two. I think you'd have to throw some other stuff in there. I think Boyan and and Evan Fournier gets to to about 38 to 40 million. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why I brought up Cam Reddish. But I think the Lakers can take on even like, you know, another smaller salary if need be like, you know, just to, to have another piece in there. But. You know, uh, seven days sports pod said, if we don't make a deal, Polinka's toast waiting another year to make a deal is poor management and leadership in his position. Do the Utah deal now. What's the Utah deal? What is the Utah deal? What but, is your guys' favorite Utah package? Is it Bowie and Vanderbilt or, I mean, that money doesn't work, but yeah, we'll be just, the, just, just the dream wish list. Yeah. yeah. Like if you had to put together a Utah package. Boyan Vanderbilt Beasley. Yeah. And I think, you know, funnily enough, I think that works out with the math. Uh, let me see. Off the top of my head. So Boyan is 19.5 million. Beasley is 15.5. Okay. So that's actually like, what that's is that? 35, 35 right there. Then Vanderbilt is 4.3. So that would give you, that's just shy of 40 million. Yeah. You're eating some salary if you're the Jazz. Would you give up both firsts for that, knowing that you're also the Jazz have to eat some salary to do it? Boyan, Beasley, Vanderbilt. If it's one-to-one -one with the Indiana deal, I think I still might lead Indiana. Mm -hmm. But if the protection's a little less on the Utah side, I, I think I might lean that way. Yeah. That's hard, man. That's like a coin flip. 
That's that's a pretty good trade package. I don't think the Lakers are going to get that, but that's probably the best from the Lakers' perspective. That's the best you could hope to get back. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel said, "Hey, Trevor, Matt, and Sean, love he- hearing your guys' thoughts on our Lakers. Excited for the season, expecting a big year for AD Turner and Heald soon." Right with you, man. Appreciate it. Agree. I think that um, this is indeed AD's year, right? Like this, this is it now. He's got to have a big year. There's a there's a lot on the line here for AD. A lot on the line for the Lakers. This has got to be a big year for him. I, yeah. I mean, we talked about it a bunch already on this show, but you know, no matter what trade the Lakers make, whether it's Utah, whether it's Indiana, whether it's another team we haven't talked about, if Anthony Davis isn't Anthony Davis, this thing doesn't work. I think LeBron is legitimately like your only, like the only constant you're comfortable saying is always going to be there. Yeah. Yep. Alex F. Grade LeBron's Laker tenure if he only wins one ring. A. Win a ring, right? What's your criteria here? Yeah. I mean, the problem is in my book that you also had during LeBron's tenure what in all the years I've been following the Lakers, the most miserable season we've seen. The worst season in Lakers history. That's sure. A, that's got to count as a negative. I, you know, I, I looked at it more as like the players specifically, not so much the, the team. You know what I mean? Like if I had to grade the Lakers during oh, LeBron's tenure, gotcha. that's way different than how do I think yeah. LeBron how and the Lakers specifically played. Yeah. I, I, you know, title, finals, MVP, three all-stars, a couple all, all NBA teams, kind of past Korean probably this season. Yeah. I don't, I don't think if we, if we're just evaluating LeBron's play on the floor, I don't think you can give a grade other than an A. Yeah. Like if you want to say A minus because of all the stuff you just talked about, sure. Sure. Yep. Oh, people are chiming in. I'm I'm just getting caught up here. That uh that Dennis Rodman wore 73 for the league. Yeah, I saw it a bunch. I actually pulled it up. That makes a lot more sense. Uh Malik Beasley and Scotty <laughs> Pippen Jr. on the same team might be a problem. <laughs> I won't get into why, but but yes. That makes sense. You guys Google it. Uh, Captain Chevrolet, to be honest, I wouldn't give Danny Ainge water in the desert, so I'm not too upset right now. Damn. All right. Showtime Lakers fan right there. I'm cool with keeping the current roster. Not perfect, but serviceable, I think. Still not happy about Bev. It's interesting. Yeah. I I think this roster, this is my opinion. I think the roster is still screaming for a trade. Yes. It just yeah. felt like a precursor. It That's what we're talking about. The roster doesn't fit right now. There's I think, no way. Like, me, like I think, like me and Matt were saying when the trade happened, we feel better about the trade as long as it's a precursor. If that's a individual move, then you start to scratch your head a little bit more. So, like yeah, Darvin, Darvin Ham has input on this roster. It's very, very apparent. I can't like no matter how good of a coach he is, that I think he can be. I just can't really see him saying, you know what? I can start Russ and Patrick Beverly in the same backcourt a whole year. I agree. I agree. That's difficult. Enrique Mendoza, yes, the Pacers trade is the right trade because it brings some rest time for LeBron and AD. Yeah, I mean, you have somebody else to play center. 
Then you yeah. can say, well, they've got Thomas Bryant and Damian Jones, but Miles Turner is a whole different category. Agree. I just like that we don't have to play LeBron at center anymore, too. Thank God. Ishab didn't realize Patrick Beverly was only six foot. Any concerns, the teams will run the bigger players on him, like Dallas did with Luca or New York with RJ Barrett. Yeah, of course they will. As they should. Yeah. I mean, it's what, what was the alternative here? Have a. Well, I guess you could have said Stanley Johnson, right? But I mean, we just talked about the other stuff that Pat Bev brings to the table. Like, he's a better outside shooter than Stanley right now. He's a better playmaker than he is. Like, you know, it's, it's pros and cons of having these kinds of players. I, I think. And I don't know, Trevor, how you feel or Sean, but I, I think the Lakers got better after the Pat Bev trade personally. Great. Um, yeah, better right would, now for sure. Yeah, that's that's the goal in any of these deals, right? It's, they're all win now moves. You you hate the value for it, but the Lakers at the end of the day get better. Like they did. I think they got better for this season for sure. Said by NFT is Russ and a first for Turner on the table. Now, before we even get into this, I want to make sure everybody in the chat and everybody watching live and listening to the podcast understands if you were to do a deal like that where Indiana eats a bunch of salary. Russ mm -hmm. is 47, and I don't even know for sure that they could eat this much salary. Russ is 47 million. Turner's, what, 18? Yep. So you're, you're talking about almost $30 million in salary that, that they would be just eating. The Lakers would be generating a trade exception of that size, too, that they could use to absorb a contract. So that's you have to factor that into your, your trade analysis here. Is it would be Russ and a first and a massive trade exception that you could use to go get a player at a future date. Is that... Something you would do. I, I can't see the Pacers just eating that much salary. <laughs> would I do it though? Yeah, sure. <laughs> right. Yeah, I would do yeah. it. Yeah, I would love to do that. Um, I don't think it's on the table though. No. Can I just say though, like, do you guys still think it's weird that there haven't been any other teams linked to Miles Turner just individually? It is weird. I mean, he's been on the market, it feels like, for like four seasons now, legitimately. <laughs> yeah, like, this is why I think, you know, if I'm Rob, I'm looking at I'm I'm you know scouring the league and seeing what people are up to and if I know that no one's offering anything from Miles Turner why am I like basically um, negotiating against myself? True. That's the holdup. I'm not saying I agree with it or anything. I'm just saying if I'm Rob, I understand why something hasn't happened yet. Yeah. You don't have uh, some team. You know, the Hawks aren't coming out here with like a big offer for Miles Turner. We haven't seen any of that. There's been all quiet. Uh, do the trade. There isn't another LeBron in any draft. Do the deal. Bogey is better than Miles and Buddy championship and playoffs. I think, I, and I hope rather that after last season, we learned that it's not about who's the better player. It's more about like, obviously you want a good player in any deal, but it's more about who's the cleaner fit. And I like Bogey, but if you're telling me who's the better fit on paper anyway, Bogey and I don't know. I'm just naming a random player: Malik Beasley or uh, Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. Miles Turner and Buddy Heald would be the cleaner fit. Even though you yeah. could potentially argue that Bogey's better. And I, and I think you know I said this earlier too. Like I, I I lean the Indiana deal because you know you trade for both those guys. They don't have to be one year rentals, or they're not going exactly. to be. Mamba right. mentality: Lakers buy out Russ, give a first to Indy, absorb Turner. Indy opens up an exception. Well, you can't just absorb Turner, even if you buy yeah, him. No it space. doesn't open up that money. Yeah, the Lakers are still over the cap. Yep. Uh, Mark Mark, I believe getting Markeith Morris back helps the Lakers. And it sounds like he's going to wind up with the Nets. 
course he does. That was the, the latest. Abby's wrong. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, Mike Conley said, Russ has to go. He has no accountability. It's Won't change his style of play. Conley. Never could shoot. High turnovers. Makes bad decisions. Now less athletic. Mike Conley hoping to become a Laker. Um, That's what I'm saying. That's why I giggled. <laughs> but I look, I, I don't. I think that there's fit for. I think the Russell Westbrook is better than what we saw last season. Mm-hmm. How much better? I don't. I, I, he's not MVP Russ anymore, but I think that there's some some fit concerns here that make it so you probably do need to move on from him. The if there's nothing never, out there, you just cross your fingers and hope Darvin Ham can make some magic happen. That he can never shoot part isn't entirely true. People kind of disrespect and forget how freaking good Russ was in his prime in Oklahoma City. Let's calm down. That's the right. unfortunate part of all this, right? Oh, well, one of the unfortunate parts. I'm just going to... No, go ahead. I was just going to say it's that it hurts. People will remember this part about Russ, you know? And and he really is an, an amazing player. And it's unfortunate that this is going to, in some way, sour his, his reputation to some people. Yeah, I was just going to say, I feel like at this point we should all just pin tweet. Russ isn't as bad as you guys think we think he is, but he also doesn't fit with the Lakers. Like, that's, I think, been our stance this whole this whole time. Uh, Mr. Freeze, if the Pacers deal gets done, do you sign Dennis Schroeder? Uh, no. Oh, it's interesting. Why no? I mean, are you trading Kendrick Nunn? I... I mean, depends, right? Like, I, I feel like the Lakers are still going to have an extra spot, right? Did I do my math right there? Or no, I think they they have 14 after that trade. They would have 14 after that trade. You would have a 15th oh, then, yeah. spot open. But. Yeah, then I probably don't. Yeah. I mean, if you trade Kendrick Dunn, then I mean, to go get a Cam Reddish, for example, by all means, go get Dennis Schroeder. But, I mean, if your quote-unquote point guards are uh, Patrick Beverly and, Ken- and Kendrick Dunn, sure. If anything, I would rather give... Uh, Cole Swider, you know, just call him up and give him the 15th roster spot, then go get a Dennis Shooter. Because, I mean, why are you doing that? He's not going to play unless an injury happens. Not good. That's uh, exactly where I was going to go with that. It's like kind of an injury signing, unless, you know, there are rumblings. I mean, even if there are rumblings that another team's interested in signing Dennis, I don't think the Lakers miss out on too much. I think he is just a very, you know, recognized name. So fans are like, oh, we got to get all the people we recognize. But, you know, there's a reason he's still out in free agency. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I don't think unless they just feel like they can't trust that they're going to get anything from Kendrick Nunn, then probably don't do it. Uh, Alex said Randall and two L.A. picks to Utah. Mitchell to L.A. That's not going to happen. Man, I wish not that... up with the Lakers. Oh, I remember yeah. that report came out while you were gone that said the Lakers were interested uh, in yeah. Donovan Mitchell. That wasn't that was... a report. That was a count. That was Fox. It was, sorry. No, I mean, I'm sure the Lakers called Utah and said, hey, what's it going to take to get Donovan Mitchell? Yep. That's probably literally what interested meant. Again, I, I love Aaron Donald. I'm sure Brandon Staley's called Aaron Donald up, told him how the baby blue would look nicer on him. 
what's it say that you're pining after the uh, best player on the Rams team? I thought you, I thought you, I thought the Chargers were supposed to be good this year. You don't need Aaron Donald. Uh, we are going to be really good this year, but I mean, he's the best player in football. So I mean, duh. That's right. Do the Lakers not want Giannis? Oh, I would love Giannis. That's right. That's right. Uh, all right, guys, we're gonna do we're gonna do two more here, then we'll call it a night. Jordan Braxton said trade Russ for two first round picks for Bogdanovich, Clarkson, Beasley, Money Works. What do you think? Sure. Oh, sorry, I misread the question because it says trade Russ for two first round picks. I don't think I'm sure it means that. Russ and two first. Okay. Uh yeah, I mean uh Bogey, JC, and Beasley. I mean if, if Indiana's off the table, yeah. Uh, AD, none for Jalen Brown, smart Grant Williams. That's a haul and a half. Yeah, I don't... Actually, I think the Celtics probably wouldn't do that. I think the Celtics say no. Yeah. Yep. They said no for that for Kevin Durant. Yeah, yeah. so I can't, I can't see it. All right, let's wrap things up there. Obviously, a lot going on now. We'll see if the Knicks and Jazz deal gets done. Can the Lakers indeed be the third team in that deal? Find out. Training camp, it is growing closer, and the pressure to get a deal done is only going to grow. We wait to see if the Lakers will really bring back Russell Westbrook. But I want to thank everybody for joining us, everybody coming in from YouTube, Facebook, from Twitter. Of course, thank you to Sean and Matt for jumping in here. As always, appreciate it, guys. You're very welcome. It's nice to uh, to do a show with you again, Trevor. Feels like it's been a while. Nice to have you back, Trev. And now the Chargers are better than the Rams. What a <laughs> joke. Get to the playoffs first, my guy. Okay. Uh, see. I'm it's sorry. Good. I just I just spoke facts. <laughs> it's good to be back. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Make sure you do subscribe over on YouTube, as well as to the Lakers Nation podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Till next time, everybody. See ya, and stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.